Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award-winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. My name is Clay Newcomb, and I'm the host of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet chasing bear. On this episode of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast, I'm sitting with Sean Curran and Evan Hewsonfield at the Archery Trade Association show, and we're talking about the organization that they're a part of called Sportsman's Alliance. I am really just starting to learn about the Sportsman's Alliance, but they are the organization that is defending the rights of hunters and trappers, houndsmen. These guys are in the business of keeping things alive and swinging towards the favor of conservation-minded sportsmen and sport hunting. You're going to learn a ton on this podcast, and I encourage you to really listen to the whole thing because the mentality that we're fighting against in the whole of hunting is people thinking that this fight is not theirs because their specific type of hunting isn't under threat today. And what we've got to graft into the hunting culture from the way we train our kids in every state and in every place is that to be a hunter in 2019 is to be a defender and is to be a representative of the best that hunters have to offer. We've got to be educated, we've got to be articulate, and most of all, we've got to be who we say we are, which is ethical, conservation-based hunters who truly love and care about wildlife and wild places. I think you'll catch some of the enthusiasm in Sean and Evan as they lay out what the Sportsman's Alliance is and how that we can get involved. I am now a member of the Sportsman's Alliance and plan on being a member from here on out. You're going to enjoy this podcast and you're going to learn a ton. 
Welcome to the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. We are at the ATA show in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, I've got with me Sean Curran and Evan. Yes, sir. What's your last name, Evan? Husingfeld. I'm glad you pronounced that, not <laughs> me. Yeah. And, hey, these guys are with the Sportsman's Alliance. And so what we're going to do in this podcast is I'm going to hear from these guys I want to hear about the missions, mission of Sportsman's Alliance, what you guys are doing. And because, as everybody that listens to the podcast knows, a passion of ours at Bear Hunting Magazine is preservation of, of bear hunting, of hunting in general. But, I mean, we know because bear hunting is the low-hanging fruit of North American hunting right now, and probably always has been the low-hanging fruit, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty serious situation. And, it, and, and, and it's a bigger situation than just, oh, we might lose some parts of bear hunting. And that's, that's really what I want to focus on you guys tonight because, or not tonight, this morning. Because the, to me, the message that, that we're trying to do is recruit people that don't care about bear hunting, that aren't bear hunters, that don't care about mountain lion hunting with hounds, to get involved because they support hunting and the future of hunting. To me, that's the most critical aspect of everything that we're doing. I don't care if you don't like hounds or do like them. I don't care if you, you know, will ever bear hunt over bait or not bear hunt over bait. If you want to see hunting in general continue the way it has, conservation-based hunting, then we need to get more people involved. So that's why I, I reached out to Sean and said, man, I'd love to do a podcast with you guys because you guys are really on the on the front line of of this. So, yeah, whichever one of you could give us, give our people an introduction to Sportsman's Alliance and what you guys are doing. Yep. Um, and I may be getting ahead of myself. I also want to hear a little bit personally about you guys. Um, That's I tell you what, let's stuff. start. Let's start there. Yep. Just introduce yourself, Sean. Sure Just give me a little history of your history with with Sportsman's Alliance, yep. and then we'll get into, after we get introductions from you guys, we'll go into what y'all are doing. Perfect, yeah. Sean Curran, um, Vice President of Membership and Corporate Partnerships here for the Sportsman's Alliance, and uh, been here, you know, five years. Um, came to find out about the Sportsman's Alliance just roundabout way years ago, just as an average Joe Hunter, right? Um, read an article uh, in, the, in the newspaper and, and, and found this organization and looked them up, saw the mission, and I was like, Man, this this is a group I need to support. Uh, a member of a bunch of different other organizations. Why am I not a member of this organization? Because what they're doing is they're they're looking out for hunting, fishing, trapping as a whole. Yeah. And uh, you know, became a member a few years later. Just had the the opportunity to come and work for the organization. So what were you doing before that, Sean? You know, my background is in sales and sales management. Okay. So. Uh, Okay. Wasn't even in the where you, Where were you originally from? Ohio. Uh, Ohio. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, grew up in Northeast Ohio. Okay. Moved to Central Ohio about you know late nineties or so. Okay. Um, but I just been involved in the outdoors my entire life. Yeah. Uh, my grandpa, you know, from a young age, you know, had me out there fishing, camping. Uh, when I was old enough to hunt, um, you know, just just got out there and, and started getting after it. So yeah, obviously something I'm passionate about, something I love doing. Um, yeah. And to work for an organization that's looking out for the whole. You know, it's a fantastic thing to do. Yeah, yep. that's great. Yep. So, Evan, so 
tell us your position with Sports and Alliance and a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm president and CEO of the organization now, um, and I have been for the last three years. Prior to that, I ran our government affairs shop and, and, okay. and focused on our core mission issues-based work. Okay. Um, I've been with the organization since 2007, so entering, what's that, 13 years now, I suppose, of, uh, of working on these kinds of issues um, yeah. all across the country. Uh, wow. Personally, for me, you know, I didn't I didn't come from a from a hunting background. I didn't mm. come from a hunting household uh, until later in life. Uh, I didn't start hunting until my father moved back to Minnesota while I was in college, and he picked it up with some of his friends, and and from there got me involved. As you know, I'd come up and visit and see him at the holidays, and we'd go out pheasant hunting and and do all that kind of fun mm. stuff. And from there, the passion just just grew, and it, it didn't take long to to dive in fully and yeah and catch the sickness, as they say. So yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's been fun. It's been a good ride. It's, uh, it's one of those things that you wake up every day and you get to do what you love to do. Yeah. You, know, you can't complain about that. You know, I have a lot of respect for, for you guys because every day you wake up and you go to work and you're involved in really mitigating conflict almost in some way. I mean, like, and that's maybe the wrong way to say it, but just in terms of you're fighting you're fighting for the rights of sportsmen's sportsmen in uh and that sometimes uh it seems stressful to me oh it's very stressful you know yeah. i didn't have any gray hairs five years ago but look at me now <laughs> <laughs> no i've been graying for a long time but it, it is stressful because it's doing what we do we see so many different issues that are going on out there you know in all yeah. the different states you know and, and and hunters in general you know we're kind of we're kind of isolated, right? We just want to go out, go out and That's deer right. hunt or duck hunt or yep. do our thing. We don't really like to think about all the problems that we have facing our community. Yeah. And, you know, so whether it's, you know, attacks on, on bear hunting in Maine or whether it's mountain lions, you know, in one of the western states, you know, how do you, you know, if you're the deer hunter in the Midwest, you know, why do you why do you care about that? Why does that even matter? Right. I'm not going to go bear hunting. I don't really care. That's not my battle to fight. Well, yeah, it is because yeah. you know the strategies that have been used over the years by you know the animal rights groups. Um, it's a death by a thousand cuts type strategy, right? Yeah, they just slice away a little bit by little bit. Yeah, um, you know, as you said, kind of going after the low hanging fruit types of things. Yeah, you know, the maybe the fringe things. Maybe they're not going after deer hunting today. Maybe they're just going after hunting with hounds or or hunting over bait or something like that. Yeah. Um, but those are the slices. Those are the things they just like to whittle away at, little by little. Yeah. And eventually, you know, it's it's an attack on hunting, right? It's not an attack on hunting with hounds. It's we need to look at it as yeah. Hey, this is an attack against us, against our community. Yeah. Um, and and the repercussions of that too, right? Yeah. You know what it's what it's going to do for conservation funding down the road yeah. as licenses continue to drop. Yeah. As seasons get taken away or opportunities right. taken away you know it's these things don't happen in a vacuum and they've got long-term yeah. you know consequences not only well, for hunting but just for wildlife conservation in general yeah what what i what i feel like is that in this idea in my mind is just starting to formulate because i would have traditionally before i was in outdoor media was a passionate hunter and these things didn't matter to me yeah i mean it's just like it, they're not going to take away bear hunting in Arkansas. We're not a referendum state. You know, this this just isn't going to happen to us. I mean, that's the mentality of pretty much everybody. Yes. And and 
let me take it let me take you out of Arkansas and then put you in the Michigan. I've done some work with Michigan Bear Hunters, yeah, Michigan Bear Hunters Association yep. and, and the Upper UP Houndsman Association. And when I was with those guys, I was making a film for them, and I recognized something inside of their the hunting culture, inside the way they dealt with their kids, inside the way that they talked, inside the way that they thought, is that they have built into the hunting culture, the hound hunting culture specifically there, this idea that to be a hound hunter, to be a bear hunter, is to fight for our rights to continue to do this yeah. and to clean up our own act. Yeah. I mean, like, that that's embedded in that culture. That's good. And, and I look back in Arkansas, and, and to be a hunter doesn't mean that you're a, you're a defender. And maybe that's the phrase I'll use. Yeah. What, we, what we've got to do is figure out a way to embed in the broader hunting culture this idea and it's happening but to be a hunter today in 2019 means that you're also a defender of what we're doing and so to me the action steps of that are you know number one we can't be pharisees we can't Mm -hmm. say one thing and do another we can't talk about ethical hunting and preservation of resource and conservation and utilization of wildlife resources we can't preach all this good stuff and then not do it when nobody's watching yeah you know and but so there's this personal aspect to me of we've got to be what we say we are you know but then but then we also have to take action steps like and one of the main ways people can do it is like becoming a member of organizations that need our money to go and fight all these things in different states that we'll never touch. I may never go to Maine and stand before a crowd of people and give a speech on why bear hunting matters. But your organization is, you know, you have your, your methods of influencing all these different pieces across the country. Yep. And, uh, and so I guess that's what I'm getting at is it's almost like we need to have this thing inside of all of us almost like a tax on hunters. You need to be a member of three or four organizations right. every year that you're devoted to, dedicated to, and and there's still this mass of people that just don't do that. Yep. Uh, I, I like to tell people, I think you should be you should be a member of at least three groups, right? Protect your method, protect your pursuit, and protect your passion. Right? Oh, that's good. If, if, if you're a bow hunter, find a bow hunting group yeah. that, you know, is working in the in the in that realm, right? If you're pursuing jackalopes, you know, join the National <laughs> Jackalope Association, and then you know, protect your passion. Right yeah, right. they're booming. <laughs> I just saw a new world record here the other day. Yeah, but protect your passion. That's kind of one of the the, the slogans yeah, that yeah. we use. You know, because because our passion is hunting in the outdoors. Will you, will you so say that again? Yes. What you said three things. Yep. Protect your method. Protect your pursuit. And protect your passion. There we go. Right? That's good. And I like protect that. your passion. That's join the Sportsman's Alliance. It's when you buy your hunting license, that's when you renew your membership. Almost yeah. ingrain that in like yeah. every year. Hey, I'm going to get my license. I got to get my deer tag. I'm going to buy my federal duck stamp. You know, I need to get my bear tag. Oh, I need to get my Sportsman's Alliance membership yeah. too. Yeah. Right? Need to get all those things because yeah. if we're not protecting those things, they're not going to be there. You know. Right. Down the road. It's so, it's such a, you know, in today's world, there's so many, there's so many things that are reaching out to grab our $25 a year. Yeah. And I mean, what we've, 
what we've got to do is, as hunters is just see where the mandatory, I mean, this isn't a frivolous thing. This is a serious thing. And, uh, I mean, to me, that's where the differentiation is. Like, people are automatically turned off. I know this because I'm in the business of selling $25 subscriptions to a yes. magazine. Yeah. I mean, it's it's super difficult. It's hard. I mean, even people that want to get a subscription to Barrett Magazine that pick it up and go, man, this is awesome. This is good quality content. This is a thick paper, high-gloss magazine. Yeah. I'd love to be a member or a subscriber. And they don't do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, so, and it's, it's you know, I think the thing is, is as we continue to just spread the word, eventually, like my kids, yeah. like they're going to know you know, like the Michigan kids that I saw, to be a hunter is to be a defender. Yeah. And and to be a defender means you take action steps. Yeah. To to do stuff and prioritize these things inside of your life, you know. Yep. But and that's it. It it, it takes time to change that that culture, that thought process. Um, but you're right on. I mean, the days of just you know buying our licenses being enough are, are right. long gone. You know, yeah. They passed yeah. us years ago. We have got yeah. to do more. And and hunters collectively have always stepped up and done that um but we can't wait until there's an immediate threat right we've it's got too to be late. we've got to be way more proactive because yeah we see immediate threats all the time you know evan and his team on the government affairs side I mean, they're monitoring legislation and bills and you know we're seeing things that most people aren't seeing yes and sometimes a lot of times those threats will just they go away or they don't get introduced but they're always out there i mean yeah the groups that that we continually go up against, I mean, they exist to take away hunting. You know, that, yeah. that's what's one of their main goals. Yeah. You know, they do other things as well too. But you know, one of their main goals these these people these folks exist, and their passion. That's what they wake up in the morning thinking about. Is because yeah, they think hunting is bad or evil or what have you. They have a different ideology yeah. of these things, and they want to see it stopped. Yeah. And they're just as passionate about doing that as we are about hunting and about getting out into the outdoors. So we have to kind of look at it that way and understand it that, yeah. you know, we've got to we've got to match that. We've got to exceed it because yeah. you know, these guys, they have deep, deep pockets. Yeah. I and mean, they're so well funded. And uh, well, you know, when you think about it, they are they have such a broader pool of resource than we do. I mean, yeah. we're the 10 percent of the country or 13 percent or yeah. less less is it less yeah. how many how many hunters what's the percentage of u.s people that are licensed Ruff, buying hunters roughly, roughly four or five percent oh is that of right the u.s population why what where was i getting 10 percent? is that an old number or well, is that it, it could be a, you know if you add in you know fishing and trapping and some of the other different things that you know it increases that yeah and i think if you look at the way that 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 they pull those numbers. It's it's largely based on licensed buyers, right. which doesn't necessarily equate to hunters, right? There's okay. a, there's a natural churn in the in the hunting licensed buyer data that shows that you know the average guy doesn't hunt every single year. He might hunt you know two out of five years or three out of five years. And so there's there's a inherent oh, okay. number so of people out there. Maybe ten percent of people have bought licenses in the last ten years. Yeah, I think if you Understood. said there's ten percent of people probably consider themselves hunters. Ten percent aren't buying licenses. You know. Okay. So you okay. know, I think the latest numbers from from uh, Fish and Wildlife Service and those folks are it's like eleven and a half, twelve million uh, yeah. hunters annually right now. So so what we're trying to do is rally this 10 let's just say 10 percent consider themselves hunters 
we're trying to rally this 10% to fight against people that basically have a lot easier sell to the 90%. Correct me if I'm kind of just thinking out loud here, but it's like, I mean, it's a pretty easy sell to tell somebody with no rural background, no hunting background, lives in an urban place, to tell them, hey, it's bad that these rednecks are out there treeing bears with dogs and killing them. Absolutely. I mean, that is an easy sell. Yeah, and I think what you look at, if you, if you want to visualize this in your mind, you're, you're talking about, there's, you know, we're the 10% on the, on the left side, and there's 10% on the right side that's vehement animal rights, anti-hunting group. And there's 80% of us that are in the middle, okay. right? There's 80% of the there people in the country who are just, they're not animal rights advocates. They could go either way. Yep. They're that. soccer moms. They're, 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 they're guys, they're blue-collar guys going to work, but they're not hunters. Yeah. Those folks are, are, are susceptible to the emotional messaging that the other side puts out. Yes. You know, they put out these 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 videos. They put out these um, TV commercials, especially when you get into one of these ballot initiatives, like you mentioned earlier. You know, they put out very very emotional content that that strikes at the heart of the person who doesn't have a connection to hunting. Right. Doesn't necessarily have a connection to to, to even rural life or agriculture where your food comes from. Right. You know, and so all of a sudden you're showing them these videos that to the average person might be shocking. Uh, or they're being told they're shocking, right? You know, the other side's telling them this is the most inhumane, and it's totally and cruel taken way out of context. It. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's you know, you get back to the you asked the question earlier if it's a stressful job, if it's a if it's a challenging job, it is because we have to win every time, right? We have to win ten times out of ten just to keep what we have, right? The other side wins one out of ten of the issues they push. They're moving the ball down the field yeah. every single year. They're cutting yeah. away at the edges. Yeah. And so you, you look at things like like Sean mentioned earlier, deer hunting. Deer hunting's not going away in 2019. Yeah, but bear hunting with hounds could be maybe right. trapping, maybe some of these other perceived yeah. fringe activities yes. the other, that that the the animal rights groups like to point to as the most cruel and inhumane methods, the most cruel and inhumane ways of of hunting animals. Yeah, it, th- those are the things that are truly at the forefront of the threats today. And so, so that's why we've got to be on our A game. I mean, that's that's what that's what we're saying with the broader hunting community. Well, and you see it. You, 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 you hit the nail on the head, right? Michigan bear hunters are a great example of this. Wisconsin bear hunters are a great yes. example of this. You've got these fine organizations out there who have instilled a culture and a belief in their membership that this is the right thing to do. We yeah. have to be the activists. We have to be the guys who aren't just content to go yeah. out and do our own thing, to run our dogs, to climb in our tree stands, you know, to go run our trap lines, whatever we're going to do. We can't just do that. We've got to do this yeah. other side first to ensure that that's still there. Yeah, and those groups have, have done a fantastic job. At the same time, there, there's 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 a lack of that in a number of states, right? You yeah. lack that same passion in other states, and it's it's interesting. It'd be an interesting case study to figure out how the heck did it end up that Michigan and and, and Wisconsin and some of these other states have these great strong. Well, I, I think it's because they've had to fight. You yeah. know, I mean, like in our, like I said, what I said in Arkansas is quite true. We're not a referendum state. Yep. And, and by that, you guys would know much more about that than me, but my understanding of a referendum state in Michigan, they can put anything on the ballot, basically, that they can, that the, the populace can get enough signatures to say. So, so all the people in Detroit, all yep. the urban people in Detroit can say, we don't like bear hunting with hounds. We're going to get 100,000 signatures that says, let's put banning hound hunting on a ballot. And so they can do that in, in the, in the general public gets to vote. Then it's just up. Right. It's, it's and on that's, the, what type of government is that? What what type of state is that? What would that be called? Well, it gives you it gives the people the opportunity to petition the government. Basically. Well, because so. like in Arkansas, 
the, our our wildlife regulations are not run by a referendum. I was thinking maybe there was a there, there. There are similarities, especially every state's a little bit different, right? So we're, this is a really hard conversation to have. Okay, but I understand. broadly speaking, I, I thought it was like black well, and white. It's not. Well, I mean, it is and it isn't, right? So like Michigan's a little bit different than than some states. Um, they they have some ability to to shield things from referendums or from okay. ballot initiatives. Okay. You know, in, a, in a lot of states, like uh, you look at decisions made by like the, the the wildlife resource agency or the commissions um those are not subject to referendum where a decision by the legislature okay, like would a, be like a decision about how many bears to take Rules out of a region. regulations made by the agency okay. versus Understood. laws passed by the legislature so the legislature says hey the bear hunting season we're going to allow bear hunting with hounds well the agency then comes in and writes rules and regulations and puts the spe- uh, specifics uh, details understood into so understood. when the season is how many bears can be taken what unit is open what units are closed okay. those kinds of things those types of decisions typically aren't uh <laughs> subject to referendum okay but you know back to the broader point of the of the, the the referendum states or ballot issue states versus non i mean that's where you saw these attacks in 2014 in, in maine and michigan yeah so maine um, is a referendum state yep absolutely and, yeah. and and the scary thing about this is is that it's not that expensive to get a, an issue qualified yeah. you're talking about these groups that have hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank waiting for their opportunity you know in maine it was a hundred thousand hundred fifty thousand dollars you can pay signature gatherers to qualify an issue now, Maine's made some changes in recent years since the last uh, ballot issue we fought up there to make yeah. those a little bit tougher. And so we to won qualify. in 2014. Yeah, we won in 2004 and 2014. Yeah. It's been fought twice. Um, and we were outspent and just, that campaign. Just barely won. Is that no, right? We, we won going away. We won 10 by 10%. We were 56, okay. 44, 54, 46. And I that was remember. in 14. In 14, yeah. It, to me, from, from my side of it, knowing a lot of outfitters in Maine and dealing with these people to me it just seems like David versus Goliath oh it is I mean because these guys are just scratching a living living their passion these bear hunt I mean typically hunters aren't the wealthy guys no if you talk if you talk to the guides up there we broke them pretty good on that campaign I mean those guys gave everything they had they did and it took a year and a half of grassroots fundraising to to get there where you look at you know, that campaign on the other side was being led by the Humane Society of the United States, a, a multi-hundred million dollar organization. They got a hundred fifty, two hundred million dollar annual budget. And wow. so they were writing checks from Washington, D.C. and sending them up to Maine at a hundred thousand here, two hundred fifty thousand there, five hundred thousand there. Out of the, out of the two point seven million dollars that that animal rights campaign raised. Two point six million came directly from HSUS in Washington D.C. So you're saying a hundred thousand of it was actually raised somehow in from, state by people who cared in state and from other organizations. So that, yeah. what you're saying is that the people in Maine really don't care about that. No, it wasn't a big issue for the locals. It was it was brought in from the outsiders. Um, uh, Consequ or uh, in, inversely, the, the 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 pro bear hunting campaign that we we helped run up there. We raised about two point three million dollars, mm. you know. So we were outspent by nearly half a million dollars on television, which is a which is an incredibly influential way right. to change the way that the yeah. soccer moms in Portland are going to view those yeah. issues. Yeah. Um, and that two point three <laughs> million even know dollars. I did they played soccer in Portland. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, they do a lot of stuff up there. <laughs> um, but to raise that two point three million dollars, it took a year and a half of, of backbreaking work by the yes, guides. It did. By the, by the sportsmen in the state, by people out of the state. You know, there were there were a lot it, of bear hunting my, organizations. It, from what I saw, I mean, it was almost like these guys were having like bake sales. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we did a thing with Bear Hunting Magazine where an outfitter called 
and wanted an ad to raffle off a hunt. I mean, it was like it was like grassroots. That, big that's time. how you have to structure it because yeah. you're, you're not going to get there. There's nobody in our community who's going to come in and write a five hundred thousand dollar check. Yeah. So you're getting there at fifty dollars here. You might get a couple five thousand dollar contribution. I mean, it's it truly is grassroots, and it wasn't just it wasn't just Mainers that helped on this thing. Right. You had guys from Vermont, the Vermont, Vermont bear guys. You know, yeah, the yeah. guys. In I New know Hampshire. Michigan bear hunters contributed. Yep. some money. Yeah, that whole community really stepped in and helped with that campaign because yeah. To what we were talking about earlier, you know, those organizations, they've got it ingrained in their culture that, yes. hey, an attack on bear hunting in Maine, that's an attack on, on bear hunting absolutely you know, in our state as well, too. So absolutely. It, it pulled everybody together, and yeah. that, that's what we have to do to continue to fight and win those things. Yeah. You know, this may be jumping a little bit outside, but just this thought that I had somebody tell me when I first got in, involved in Bear Hunting Magazine that he said, any legal method of hunting in this day and age is something that people need to support. Yeah. You know, and, and going back to this concept, and I think it's the biggest thing that we fight, is that these fringe things, they're fringe because not a lot of people are involved in them. Less numbers of people are involved. Mm-hmm. And people are so focused on just what they're interested in. Yeah. And so th- this idea that that uh, we've we've got to, well, I've lost my train of thought. We, we've got a uh, just we've we've got in, in ingrain into people that it's bigger than just what they're doing. Yeah, and it's it's hunters in general. I'm just painting with a broad brush here, right? We're we're all kind of selfish. Yeah. I mean, I want my it own is. time out there. Yeah, I want to go do my own thing, and that's fine. That's important, but we also have to get beyond that and start thinking beyond ourselves and start looking at the real big picture of what's going on out there. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's a hard thing to do. That's something yeah. that you know, it's going to take time. It's going to take you know, talking to folks and, and and growing the grassroots to 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 change that. But if anything, I mean, the bear hunting community should be the the first ones to wake up to this, right? Because of the number yes. of threats we've seen, the number of direct attacks we've seen. You know, you, you go back, you you look at just the last decade, right? Forget the two thousand four ballot initiatives, and, and that kind of thing. You, you know, you lost bear hunting with hounds in California in two thousand eleven or twelve. Um, you know, you, you, you had yeah. the attacks in Maine and Michigan in 14. You've seen, you've seen uh, the, the bear season in Florida be attacked. You've yeah. seen the bear season in Kentucky be attacked. Yeah. And now just recently here you had the governor of New Jersey shut down all public land bear hunting. Yes. You know, and so you look at these things, and if you're a hunter in other states who, who may or may not hunt bears, may or may not care about hunting bears or even running dogs, well, look at the precedent of what's being done here. You've got, an, you've got animal rights groups coming into these ballot-issue states dropping millions of dollars to influence an election to try to push their agenda that's not that's not just subject to bear hunting that could be anything that could be yeah. any subject so once bear hunting is done then then it's next what's trapping is it is yeah. it who knows what it is right it could be yeah. ba- it could be baiting it could be it could be anything and then you look at the governor of new jersey doing this kind of thing you've got a politician making promises to animal rights groups that he's going to shut down the hunt yeah yeah Again, that's something that can transfer easily to other states. I could see that happening in California. Yeah. You could see it happening in a number of states. Yeah. And so these threats are there. They might not be in your passion right now. They might be outside your passion. And maybe right. for your listenership, it's this, they understand yeah. because it is bear hunting, right? Yeah. But for the average sportsman, that's that's the greatest struggle. It's how do you get a guy in in you know a, a, a duck hunter in in, in California Dude. to care about a bear hunting issue in New Jersey? Yes. Yeah. That's the challenge. Yeah. 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 Well. That is the challenge. Um, you guys 
give us some like concrete and you, we've kind of alluded to it but give us some concrete examples of stuff that you guys have been involved in i heard you say one time that you that you sportsman's alliance wins a certain percentage of things that they get involved in yeah just kind of give give just a rundown of like stuff that you guys are actually doing yeah that and that that stat or that number you know we win 95 percent of the issues that we get involved in okay but we have to pick and choose often what issues we get involved in because yeah it's funding right yeah we we don't have unlimited resources you're not going to waste you're not going to waste your time on something that you can't win right i mean mean, that we have to be we have to be involved in in I won't say the most important things, you know, because they're well, all important. It is kind of triage, isn't it? It is, right? Yeah. You know, so, you know, this last year, for example, right, you know, New Jersey black bears, you know, we're involved with that. Um, Yellowstone grizzly bear delisting. You yes. Know, that, that's a big one. Uh, we're yeah. involved with that. You know, the, the those are the big, big issues that we jump into. And you know, as a consequence, it takes a lot of funding to get involved in those things, you know, especially <laughs> when you're talking about fighting things um, through the court system. Which, oh man! Which is a whole other, whole other area. You know, we've been involved yeah. in, uh, you know, Western Great Lakes wolves for for twelve years now. Okay. In and out of the courts. You know, okay. You know, our organization has spent over three quarters of a million dollars. You know, fighting that case, and and we still have wolves. You know, in 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 those states that are yeah. not delisted. Yeah. You know, and so grizzly bears is going to be a similar situation. That's going to take years and years of in and out of the courts. You know, the science is there. I mean, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service themselves are the ones who recommended delisting. Right. Let's turn them back over to the states, and the right. states can put them in their management plan. Right. You know, that's how we manage wildlife here in, in North America, right? right? Um, but the other side doesn't see it that way. So they use the court system to tie those things up, to delay delistings, um, and they use it oftentimes as, as fundraising mechanisms. Yeah. I mean... The social media sites of, of a lot of those groups that we encounter, you know, as soon as that um, that delisting was you know recommended in 2017, you know, we're checking their sites and seeing what they're doing. They're fundraising. I mean, they're and they're fundraising machines. Yeah. And and they're targeting you know that that 80 percent that general public. Yeah. And and they're using a lot of the the emotionally you know strong imagery you know and, and a lot of misinformation too yeah to get people to to donate you know that ten dollars a month to help you know this yeah. that or the other thing yeah you know so it's yeah there's there's no shortage of those types of issues let, let me ask you a question that is a personal question yeah. that i that i kind of wrestle with some not sometimes all the time what what does the outdoor media like got, people like me youtube channel bear hunting magazine social media stuff yeah. what what do we need to be doing to to further this cause and, and let me give you a little context for this i sometimes i run into people bear hunters specifically that i can tell they think that i should almost just like shut up about promoting bear hunting almost like clay you're you're going on a hound hunt and showing the world that we chase bears with hounds. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'd be better if you just didn't even do that. Like like isolationist. Basically, yeah. we've been okay for all these years. Don't don't tell anybody what we're doing and we'll just be able to preserve what okay. we've got. The and you know, I think about that. I mean yeah. I, I mean I'm in the this is my business, so I have some incentive. I mean if I'm just being honest, 
I have incentive to feed my family to promote bear hunting. Sure. And I think about, well, is this the best thing? And and obviously I've I've worked through this and and I have a, I have a I have a thought on it. Yeah, I would imagine. But but, what do you guys see in the broader outdoor media, like? Because I don't know what do we need to be doing. Yeah. Well, for those types of examples, right? You know, we need we need to tell our story. We need to tell the benefits of of why we hunt with hounds. You know, we hunt with hounds because well, it's fair chase. Um, we can make ethical decisions on whether to shoot or not to shoot that right. bear or that cat or, or whatever gets treed. Um, we need to tell that story, and we need to yeah. do it, you know, in the positive light that that needs to be told. That yeah. way, the general public, you know, can see those types of things, and, and they can have a better understanding about it. Yeah. Because if we're not telling our story, well, the other side is going to tell They're their gonna story. They're going to tell it for us. And how they want that narrative to be written. Yeah. So yep. we have to control our messaging. And, yeah. we have, and you guys do a fantastic job of that. So we need to we need to keep raising that bar. We need to raise yeah. our expectations, and we need to talk about all the positive attributes of, of why we hunt and how we hunt and why we do what we do. Yeah, you know, it's not about squeezing the trigger. I mean, that's that's a fraction of a thousandth of a second of the time that we spend yeah. preparing and planning and and doing all the things that are involved with hunting. Yeah, we've got the food aspect, which is just how do you not talk about the food right. aspect of, of right. why we do what we do? I mean, there's so many different positive attitude or avenues to kind of go down with with that. Um, that's what we have to do. That's what we have to continue doing. And the industry's yeah. been doing a good job, you know, over the last several years of, of kind of raising that bar. Yeah. We have to keep doing that. We have to keep challenging ourselves to get better with those types of things. Yeah. And to tell those stories. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's that's what I've. I mean, that's the same thing that I've come to. On a personal level, and it might sound funny that I would think about that considering what I do, but you know, if if we don't tell the story, somebody else is. Yeah. And even inside of like, I feel like what we do at Baroning Magazine, we're showing the fringe hunting. I mean, we're showing hunting over bait. Yeah. We're showing hunting with hounds, and uh, I would rather that story come from an organization like ours than to come from somewhere else yeah. and not that somebody else couldn't tell that same story that's not what i'm saying but just like we're we're taking we're interpreting this for people yeah like yeah we hunt over bait but it's not as easy as you think no it's harder it, or, or it's you know it, it's a challenge it's a it's a selection tool we can be very selective in how we hunt it's you know we're just telling the story yeah and absolutely. and that's that has value you no know? doubt about it yeah 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 but Let's see. Where else are we going to go? Anything you guys can think of that you'd like to say to our to our audience? Yeah, I mean, for folks that want more information on kind of the who we are and what we do, um, you know, the website is sportsmansalliance.org. You know, okay. they, they can jump there. Um, the front page of our website, you know, always has you know the the current issues that we're kind of working on, okay. what things are going on out there. Um, you know, we we try to stay you know meat and potatoes. You know, we we give you the issues. We try to give you the information uh, so that folks can see what's going on out there yeah and then you know from from the membership side of things from the engagement side of things you know, we, we were talking about hunting license numbers earlier and you know latest data was around 11 and a half million licensed buying hunters in 2016 you know if we just had one percent right. of those folks becoming members that's that's a game changer for our yeah. organization right <coughs> just one percent 
if 1% of, of hunters became members of the Sportsman's Alliance, and that's such a small number, right? Yeah. 1% is It seems nothing. like you could recruit 1%. Yeah. Yep. It's a challenge. That's it. It is a challenge, but yeah. we'll get there, right? And, it, and it's from having these conversations. It's from 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 partnering with you guys and, and helping spread the word on, on who we are and what we do. Because, um, you know, as we talked about earlier, we've been around for over 40 years now. Okay. Um, but we've been a, a, a kind of a, a smaller behind-the-scenes organization. You know, we yeah. focus strictly on the issues. We don't have giant marketing budgets to, right. to you know, to grow right. the organization. We do everything, you know, from the grassroots level. Yeah. And, and that's that's who we are. You know, that's our culture. We put our funding towards the mission because yeah. because we care about winning these issues. Right. So, yeah, we'll get there. And uh, it's, it's doing things like this that help us get yeah. that 1% of people. Yeah. Man, you guys, you guys are on the front lines, and, and we all talk about conservation and talk about, I mean, I do, yeah. fighting for our rights for hunting, but you guys are the ones that are actually doing it. I mean, you're, 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 you're on the front lines. That's the way I view you. I mean, it, it, and, and what I want to do is just give some or continue to talk about and every all the media that we're doing is the concrete ways that people can go from just talking about preserving hunting to action steps to doing it yeah because there's got to be this leap and uh and, and i think that first step is joining sportsman's alliance yeah and joining other and there's plenty of other good organizations that are doing specific stuff yep and we just got to graft that into our brain that these are things that we prioritize every year and that we do. Yep. It's automatic. Automatic. Automatic renewal. That's we've, what we've got it. You so, got it. So when they check sign box. Up, that's yep. it. So when they sign up and join, just check that box, renew automatically. I mean that and that also helps us put more money towards the mission, right? Because we don't yep. have those administrative costs of printing out your renewal letter and sending that out too. So even yeah. those little things, oh, yeah. that all adds up. It does. It does. Evan, any closing thoughts? No, I mean, I think you've encapsulated it pretty well. I think, you know, if you're looking to try to convince the bear hunter in Arkansas who isn't under threat of referendum or, or a ballot initiative why he should care, or maybe even the deer hunter in Alabama, right? I mean, yeah. whoever the audience is, these things spread. They spread like wildfire. They spread quickly. You know, we, we saw how it spread from, you know, talking about how we got to Maine and Michigan in 2014. Well, it started with California, but California, the losing bear hunting with hounds didn't start in California. That started in Idaho, right? They had a wildlife commissioner who went up to Idaho and, and took a mountain lion mm. using dogs and mm. posted pictures of it. Uh. And that led the legislature to get all fired up about this guy. And, 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 and the, long, the, the, the short version of the story is that they wanted the, the, the wildlife commissioner to, to resign, and he wouldn't do it. Because he's so, taking the legal mountain lion in another state. Yep. Yeah, absolutely, but that wasn't wow. that didn't fit their values or cultures in California, supposedly. And so, from there, the legislature set their sights on bear hunting with dogs, and they, that that went down. And then two years later, we're in Maine and Michigan with ballot issues. So, you know, these things can spread quickly. We've got to police ourselves, like you said. We've got to we've got to we've got to support the good organizations in this country, yeah. like you mentioned in Maine and Michigan. Those two organizations are fantastic, and there's yeah. dozens of other ones too. Yeah, and it wasn't just bear hunting organizations that helped in those states. Yeah, these right. Trappers did. Yeah, uh, just hound hunters. Yeah, you yeah. know, cat hunters, um, other, yeah. other sportsmen's organs, bow hunters. Yeah. So, you know, these things spread quickly. They can get out of control quickly. Yeah. And it's a resource war that we're, we're never going to win. You're looking at the top five animal rights groups have $830 million on the books. 
sitting around. 803 wow. million. That's just the top five. You take the top that five. That they told the government about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's one of those things that, you know, it, it, you've got to be involved. You've yeah. got to be an activist. Nobody else is going to do this for you. Nobody no. else is going to protect our way of life. You know, we, we, have this, we have this mentality that probably in our lifetime it'll be okay. I did an interview with a guy named Joe Hudson, a houndsman up in the UP yep. in Michigan, and, and, he's, and he said something really good. Is he, said, um, he said, you know, bear hunting in my – and he's like almost 70, Joe is, and he said, bear hunting will probably not be taken away in my lifetime, but I've got to see beyond that. And, and, and he was just casting this whole idea that we've got to see the bigger picture. Because the truth is, maybe for some people, I mean, the, the threat isn't like for 2020. Well, in some places it is for 2020 and 2019. But, I mean, man, the threat is for 25 years from now, we're like Europe. And we can hunt pen-raised game birds with our dogs, and that's all. Yeah. I mean, like, so, and it's such a trap as a human to be encapsulated in the moment. I mean, you know, it's, it, it's such a trap because pretty soon it's going to be 25 years from now. Well, it doesn't take that long. I mean, it, it, doesn't, take, it doesn't take generations to lose right. these things. You can right, lose right, them right. pretty quickly. Exactly, and so, exactly. And, and, and the pace of change can accelerate very, very quickly. So the, the moment that these things start dropping, we start losing those fringe elements, you're just whittling away at the edges, And then right? just I mean, something else is fringe. Uh-huh. All of a sudden... The next thing is French. Bow hunting is French. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the, <coughs> excuse me, that's the important thing to recognize here, that it's not about bear hunting with bait. <coughs> it's not about bear hunting with hounds. It's not about bear hunting at all. It's about hunting. It's about the idea that these guys, these groups, these organizations, these activists, they don't, they don't approve of it at all. So they're going to tell you, yeah, we're only here to ban bear hunting with hounds because it's the most cruel and inhumane. It's the most egregious way you could possibly ever think to, to take an animal once they get that it's well you know it's all bear hunting or it's all rifle hunting you, you know you can't shoot them with a yeah. bow because that's that's inhumane but you also can't shoot them at 500 yards with a gun because that's inhumane yeah you can't yeah. put them in a tree at 30 yards away because that's inhumane you can't let little kids hunt because that's cr- you know, i mean it just it, it never just, stops you'll right. never find the bottom of that barrel yeah 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 there's always one more step and that's you know we have to look at it an attack on one of us is an attack on all of us you know, yeah. that's got to be our mentality. Yeah. It doesn't matter if, it doesn't matter if, well, I'm a traditional archer and guys using crossbows shouldn't archery hunt. Who cares? Just get out there. Yep. Any legal method. Just get out yep. there and hunt. Yep. An attack on one of us is an attack on all of us. Yep. Yep. That's right. Hey, I can't thank you guys enough for meeting with me today. Well, we Great to meet it. with you guys. And uh, I've got some ideas that we'll talk about that I think maybe we could get you guys involved a little bit more with what we're doing um but uh anyway great great to meet you guys and i just want to encourage everybody to join the sportsman's alliance just just do it do it know that your money's being used in in very good ways and uh yeah Yeah, thank you clay we appreciate it can't wait to, to see what we can come up with next here yeah man well hey thanks for listening to the bear hunting magazine podcast Check out our, uh, we're the only print bear hunting magazine in the world. Only one. So we're big fish in a little bitty pond. (laughs) So check out our print magazine. Check out our YouTube channel. We just released a, just yesterday, uh, brown bear hunting video. 
from uh, the Alaskan Peninsula, which that's an interesting conservation piece. But uh, no, it was a really neat video. Check it out on YouTube. And hey, guys, keep the wild places wild because that's where the bears live. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose Interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.